0: Pray again. Ah, we pray for Chiming first. Okay. Father, we commit to you, the team that is in Tanjung Pinang right now, Lord, watch over them. Grant Chiming uh, the anointing of uh, preaching in the different culture of those who are giving testimonies, leading the Sunday school. Lord, uh, use our people to bless the church that is in Tanjung Pinang. And as they come back later on this evening, grant them journey mercies and grant to them Uh, a deep and rich experience even over the last two days that they have spent there. Lord, we pray now for ourselves as we come under the sound of your word. Lord, help us to receive from you. Strengthen us in the spirit for the days that are ahead, for the war that is ahead, for the fight that we all need to fight. And I pray for my brother, Elder Edwin, God, that you would anoint him for the task that is ahead. You would use him to bring a word in season to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: This is our concluding sermon, the fourth in the series on the invisible war. Today, I want to talk about uh, freedom in Christ. But actually, I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to describe the war for you. Now, if I were to ask you do, you, do you accept the reality of Satan? Yes, I think you would. Do you believe in the existence of evil spirits? The Bible says so. I think you would. Do you know that demonic activities do happen in the spiritual realm? Yes, you do. I don't think we have problems with this. And then the verses about spiritual warfare, like 1 Peter 5.8, stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls looking for someone to devour. And the word there, stay alert, is defined as vigilantly attentive, Heightened watchfulness, prepared, mentally responsive. Now, when I look at this definition and I ask myself, am I spiritually alert? Do I have a a heightened watchfulness, preparedness, and mental responsiveness? I've got to be very honest with you, okay? The answer is no. I'll, I'll just give you a story of what happened just last year and uh, this year, or at the beginning of this year, just about six, six months. Now, uh, for since 1997, I've been managing my mother's flat in Jurong West. That was a flat I grew up in. And so when my mother passed away, the flat was passed on to my sister. So I managed my sister's flat. From 1997, this is the 19th year. Managing means that I have the power of attorney. I will be uh, working with the agents. I will be uh, signing the lease. Uh, doing the minor repairs and collecting rent, and etc. Now, what happened was that in April last year, I signed a new contract with a group of people, but by uh, July, there was a default of the rent. By August, uh, I terminated the contract. By September, they were out. In September, I got a call from the police station. And this inspector so-and-so said that they, he wanted me to go to the police station for statement taking and i say what is this about and he said well uh we are investigating into a complaint from your neighbor of uh, prostitution activities I say what i was so angry and i immediately went back to the flat it was unlocked i just walked right in it was a complete mess ladies shoes ladies clothes i was mad i just took a padlock, I padlocked the place, and of course the tenants and couldn't get in, the tenants were trying to contact me, I said, you, you come and see me, it was a public holiday, and I said, I am taking the place back, now this is the second set of tenants, right? the first set of tenants I kicked out, the second set of tenants I kicked out, and then, I cleared the mess, the rubbish, and I renovated, do the repairs, and everything, and I went for a short holiday in December, I came back, there was another call from the police and I said, well, Inspector, so-and-so, I have already spoken to your colleague. I have already taken, given my statement. I said, well, Mr. Chua, it is not the same. We are from the ICA, uh, Immigration and Checkpoint Authorities. This is concerning the harbouring of illegal immigrants. <laughs> what? I was mad. And I went to ICA, long hours of statement-taking, and they opened up the file. My big picture was not found, my sister's picture, and I am in police record. <laughs> and I was mad. So anyway, he was already out. The third set of tenants came and then I cleaned up the place. We were ready. And then the tenants called me to say, Edwin, um the microwave doesn't seem to be working. And I said, Well, okay. You sure? Yeah, sure. So I got my brother to help me. I went to get a microwave put in this car. We were just driving back to the car to deliver. Uh, Edwin, the microwave is working now. I bought a microwave already. I'm so sorry, it is working now. And then, Edwin, the TV has a line across. Never mind. Money can solve problems. I bought them a new TV. Edwin, there's, there's something wrong with the fan. I went to take a look. The base... It's a standing fan. The base has a, a weight so that it's, it's stable. The weight broke into small pieces. So it was wobbly. Alright, i give you a new fan. Then after that, Edwin, uh, the, the fridge is not cold. So I went, I got man, and, and finally I bought a new fridge. Then after that, Edwin, uh, the, the aircon is a bit leaky. In, uh, it's a bit of noise and a leak. So I arrange for the aircon man to go down and after all the arrangement, he didn't show up. He refused to take my call. I had to arrange for another repairman. My tenant called. Uh, The aircon is okay now, but the leak is now in the other room. And it was just like on and on and on. I just was, I wasted time. I spent money. I expended energies. I lost lost my joy, my peace, my patience. I had enough. I was really worn out because it's Jerome West, you know, it's but it was like 23 minutes up and 23 minutes down, and and up and down, up and down. Finally, uh, when everything was done, and and I was still doing all this, one day I just woke up. Oh, by the way, there was another problem. My tenant, my tenant said that uh, we wanted to, we want uh, internet connection, and we we can't get it because uh, you know there's this problem. Can you go down to Singtel? So I called Singtel. and said, well, the problem is that uh, the previous tenant uh, didn't pay and is, they are in arrears for many, many months. I said, they have left. Terminated. I said, no, you can't unless you bring back the mule, uh, this and the, the setup box. There is nothing in the flat. You still got to come. So I went to Singtel twice and through a lot of trouble, finally to restore the internet connection. It was one of the, the many, many harassment. So finally I woke up one day And there was something struck me, you know. Edwin, wake up. The place was used as the brothel. And I knew what it meant. I went back to the flat when my tenants were not in. And I cleansed the place. And I started to pray aggressively that this, I am the owner of the house by the power attorney given to me. I am... I demand that you leave this place. I cleanse this place by Jesus' name, my name. I started to pray aggressively and to cleanse every single room and claim back authority of the place and chase out the demons. And you'll be pleased to know, the harassment stopped. It was the end of the harassment. Now, you know, I, I don't know why it took me so long. Watchfulness, huh? Heightened watchfulness, preparedness, mental alertness, uh, vigilantly attentive. No, man. <laughs> it took me months before I realized that it could be spiritual. And I, I want to know why. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the reason why. Maybe you can identify with me. Now, the reason why there is a lack of attentive, attentiveness to these things is because when we think of spiritual warfare, we think of conventional spiritual warfare. We recognize uh, conventional spiritual warfare. It is when missionaries are harassed, Christian activities are restricted, evangelism is prohibited, believers are arrested, visas are denied, churches are burned, the enemy's assault is open, direct, it is obvious, we know who we're engaging And When that happens, we know to Pastor Sarah in IBC, we Pastor Yop in Bangladesh, so let's pray, man, and we will be praying. We know who we are engaging. Conventional spiritual warfare is what I always think about. But this is Singapore. Religious freedom is our constitutional right. You dare speak and rest- speak against Christianity, and dare uh, harass us. Look at what happened to Amos Yee for saying, uh, making some insensitive remarks to hurt me, and he was caught by the police. And so, it is not like that, right? For us in the free world, in Singapore, here, we, we, the kind of warfare is guerrilla warfare. And guerrilla warfare doesn't look like warfare. It, is, it looks something like this. We have issues with our children, we have tension with our colleagues, there is frustration at work, difficult relationships with people, problems in marriage, discouragement in ministry, accidents, mishap, prolonged health condition, they don't look like a spiritual problem. And when it does not look like a spiritual problem, and we do not think it's a spiritual problem, we will not engage the enemy at the spiritual level. See, that is a problem. So that was what happened to me in Jurong West. I didn't recognize it, and I did not engage the devil. Now, I know the concern, right? The reason why I didn't share about this Jurong West thing with many people was because it doesn't look like spiritual warfare. People think that I'm mad. You know, we if you know in, in the dichonate uh, among the elders, we are also very concerned not to attribute everything to the devil. Because if we blame the devil for all our problems, uh, people will not take responsibility for their problem. And the root problem, the cause of the problem could be ourselves. For example, if there's a, a marital relationship problem, it could be because there's a breakdown in community. You've got to improve that There's selfishness right? And and there is self-centeredness Could I address that? I know that is a concern I know the worry is that If we blame the devil for all our health problems And there are so many doctors Among the elders They say that Look for what is obvious first Get the person help Timely help Immediate help so that they would take the sensible course of action. So, like, like saying a doctor, I know this concerns. Okay, what I'm going to tell you is this, right? And this is, uh, I want, I want you to know that on the one hand, we should not be assuming that there is demonic attack whenever we have problem, and something is wrong. It is. Also, very foolish, very naive, very dangerous for us to take for granted that our problems does not have a spiritual cause. In other words, I'm trying to tell you this. Don't be surprised if your problems and mine have two causes. There is a natural cause and at the spiritual realm, there is also a spiritual cause. I'll give you illustrations. You'll tell you what I mean. How it can... Be natural and spiritual. Three examples. First, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 26 and 27, uh, Paul gave this instructions that the people, the Ephesians church people, are not to sin. Do not let sin, do not sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. You see how he introduces the devil uh, in his exhortation, his instructions? In other words, uh, it can start off with just anger. And anger is a feeling, right? You you don't switch off that feeling. It it just comes. And then, uh, if you harbor it for a little too long, it leads, there's tension, and it leads to resentment, and then it, it, just be, it, be, it may become bitterness and then bitterness will lead to just disgust and then hate and then death. So in other words, this, this is what happened, right? The instructions that uh, what, what God told Cain in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Uh, Cain was, was really unhappy because God was happy with, uh, took pleasure with Abel's sacrifice, but not with Cain and said that, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. You must subdue it and be its master. In other words, from a natural cause, is dangerously becoming a spiritual cause and you have to deal with that. A second example, 1 Corinthians 7.5 Uh, Paul was addressing the married people do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourself more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. You see how he introduces spiritual element to it? And it, it, it could be just because you of a quarrel you you are just not intimate for a while, and later on it becomes a spiritual problem the instructions is this abstinence from sex should be by mutual consent it should not be prolonged otherwise the enemy will gain an advantage and then because of your lack of self-control you will fall into a trap so right third example first Timothy chapter six verse nine and ten uh Paul's instructions to Timothy, and he told him that people who long to be rich fall into, the word is, temptation, trapped by foolish, many foolish and harmful desires. It plunged people to ruin and destruction, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered away from true faith Hey, pierce himself with many sorrows do you, do you see the, the language the language is the language of spiritual warfare trap, temptation, uh, destruction, ruin, evil uh, uh, wandered away from faith so ambition is all right there are many many ways to make money and some people are very good at making money and until until Satan takes advantage of this uncontrolled appetite of wanting more and more. This is called greed. And it's a perfect opportunity to lay a trap and then before, fall into ruin. So you see, there, it's, it's a natural cause and then there is a spiritual cause. And then when that happens, when there is also a spiritual cause, natural weapons does not work anymore when we fight the battle. It doesn't work. What I mean is this, human solutions are not always adequate. You've got to know, is there a spiritual cause to this problem that we have? For, and, and when, it be, when it becomes spiritual, then you've got to take note of these two verses, Ephesians six twelve. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, against the evil spirit in the heavenly places. And then, when that happens, Second Corinthians 10 4 says, then we have to use God's mighty weapon, not worldly weapons. So for example, people who have, uh, you know, who just try, um, just for curiosity, try drugs, take cigarette, take, you know, alcohol, Uh, not, not addictive, but just trying these things. And then after that, because it is taken so much, it becomes a spiritual bondage. Then they are addicted to drugs, nicotine, pornography, gambling, alcohol, addicted to sex. It becomes a spiritual stronghold. When that happens, you cannot help these people by treatment programs, Rehabilitation, therapy, counseling, it doesn't help anymore. It doesn't work because there is a spiritual dimension to this problem. All right? Now, I'm talking to good PPH people from great families who are raised well. So I don't think you have problems with drug addiction, sexual addiction, pornography, and all this right. So this is still conventional spiritual warfare. I want to address guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla warfare is fought here in our families and among us. I tell you what guerrilla warfare is like. Guerrilla warfare is fought in the mind. And Paul said this, we use God's mighty weapon, 2 Corinthians 10.4, not worldly wa- uh, weapons, to knock down what? To knock down the stronghold of the human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We want to destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We want to capture their rebellious thoughts and we want to teach them to obey Christ. This is guerrilla warfare. It's it's fought here. And, you know, uh, we, uh, the way we think is shaped by the environment that we were brought up in. And we were uh, the people who taught us, the books we read, uh, the, the company we keep, the movies we watch then we develop a certain philosophy of life. Now, this philosophy is about how we can survive, how we can cope, how we can succeed, how we can get ahead apart from God. We are very used to this independent thinking. And oh, there is a, uh, uh, we are predisposed. Uh, that we are very ingrained in our thinking. And we behave in a certain pattern, a certain way. So when we were saved from the kingdom of darkness and we are brought to the kingdom of light now yeah, One of the agendas of uh, the Holy Spirit, God, is to renew our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And this is a process that's that's ongoing, very, very important, which is why we are studying God's Word, we are uh, are preaching, uh, and we are teaching, we are exhorting. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to pause for a while, okay? Not I would not talk about spiritual warfare for a while. Let me just tell you uh, what is at stake. What is really important to God. Then I will tell you what the devil is against. Now, what this is God's plan. God's plan is not your salvation. Salvation is an event, but not the plan. The grand plan is God preparing for himself the bride of Christ. The work of Christ is to love, to care, to cherish, to protect, to preserve the church, and then to present the church as the glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And this is this I get from Ephesians. We we read this a lot in the wedding, but in weddings, but actually, this is about the church. Ephesians 5, 25-27, just as Christ, just as Christ loved the church, He gave up His life for the church to make the church holy and clean, to wash her by the cleansing of God's Word. He did this to present her, the church, to Himself as the glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any kind of blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault and Revelation gives us a glimpse of what it's going to be like right at the end, the destination, if we persevere to the very end. Revelation 9, 7. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and the bride has prepared herself. Now, that is the final destination. That is the grand plan. And so much is at stake. Now, if this is the plan, you know, God loves us and He has a wonderful plan for your life, spiritual law number one, the devil has a plan too. Right? This, this is the summary, alright? I, I invented a word, it's called bridehood. Alright? The final destination is that the saints will attain to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4 13. And, and Paul prayed that, you, this, that this will continue until we will come to such a unity in our faith and the knowledge of the Son and we will be mature in the Lord and we will measure up to the full and the complete standard of Christ. Okay? What, what does Satan want? Okay, don't look at this verse. What does Satan want? Every war must have an objective, right? What does he want? What is this war all about? What is his objective? What does he want? I tell you what he wants. He wants to terminate. He wants to abort and terminate this process of bridehood. And so there are two. I illustrate like that. There are two plans. Plan A is what I've just described for you (laughs) earlier on the grand plan towards the end, which is we, the bride of Christ, radiant, pure, without rancor. That's plan A, God's plan. It has to be lived by faith on the left-hand side. Living by faith means this, that life is determined by a personal conviction within you that God's way is true, God's way is best, and we, I, am committed to obey and follow this way—that's Plan A. What is at stake is this: the devil wants to us to abort this, to terminate this. In Plan B, we live by reason. When I say by reason, it doesn't mean that Plan A is not a reasonable faith. Uh, I'm just saying that in in the in Plan B, you operate by reason alone, and, and you will, uh, The devil will tell you this, right? That come on, there are so many great ideas. And there are so many intelligent plans. It has worked so well for generations. Look at all these success story. Nobody got into trouble. Nobody has lost their faith. It's okay. There are better options. There are better ways. You will still be happy. You will still be fulfilled besides God's way. And I'll give an example. Many people in certain environments, they are tempted to bribe, And I, I've been told so many times in China and sometimes in, in in Thailand, if you don't pray, you can't get your way. You can't, you get nothing done, uh, in Indonesia or whatever. And so, you just got to go along. It is the system, okay? It's, it's, it's just the way it is. Now, this is to live by reason. But if you are, if you are committed to to plan A, you seek the Lord about these matters. And say that well I may lose the deal and and I tell you in a law firm uh, many agents have come to us to uh, to one to uh, uh, work out an arrangement where every time they refer a client to us they get a cut and this is not uh, uh, this, this is not allowed by the law society we are not allowed to share fees with non- legal person how many times so many times and we have we have heard of so many other law firms who are doing so well because they get this referral from the workshop, they get the referral from the the housing agents. My my brother said no. And we have stuck to this very committedly, no, no sharing of fees because it's not allowed. And so, by faith, by reason, by faith, by reason, and there is a battle ongoing now like this. And if we are committed to plan A, the Holy Spirit is committed to guide us the Holy Spirit will lead us into truth, and the Holy Spirit will lead us into God's will. But if we are committed, we, we are even considering plan B, the, Satan is also influencing you. To influence you to take a different point of view, and to adopt an alternative plan. A lot is at stake. This, then, is guerrilla warfare. It's the battle of the mind. And so that the process of bridehood will be aborted, terminated. Right? And the marketing strategy of the devil to sell to us plan B is temptation. And temptation as a marketing strategy is, is, is very effective. Whenever you get a pressure within you, when you have to consider and choose between plan A and B, that's called temptation. So you, you can't tempt me with alcohol and cigarette because I, uh, it, it is not a problem there. But you can tempt me with uh, pornographic material and, and I, may, I, I may just waver a bit and I, I, I will have to stand strong and to fight it. And so you see, I, I put this this materials, uh, well, the verses on the the left, to show you that actually uh, this war is winnable. Temptation as the as a marketing strategy does not have to work. First, Second Corinthians ten five says that when when Paul said that you will take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. this is possible. Otherwise, Paul will not instruct us because we the, the spirit who is in us is not the spirit who is weak, but the spirit of love, power, and self-control. When we, when we want to say no, and when we align ourselves to God, we can take the thought captive and say no. 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says this, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to men. So don't say that this is a very special, very unique kind of a temptation. Nonsense. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But with every temptation, He will make a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. And you see, temptation has to be tailored specifically to suit your situation because the devil knows your weak points, and how you will struggle with the suggestion A or B. A, and and it, it will work for some people and it will not work for some people. So it has to be tailored just for you. I I, I want to tell you this. Uh, in my early days, uh, when we had this VCD, uh, you know, cassette player thing, uh, I came across uh, 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 pornographic uh, materials, you know, and uh, it, it was very, very tempting, you know, and uh, just what is this about? I just put it in. And the VCR that day didn't work. But it worked all the time. The Lord will provide a way of escape. It will not overpower you. It's not too strong for you. And I said that this is of God. None of this. I will not touch this again. It is a sign. A way of escape. And I'll look uh, look at them. uh, Hebrews 2.18. And he who talking about Jesus, he who has been tempted in every way, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. This is the promise, the third one, that Jesus himself will quickly come and help you and deliver you. So, it's a very good promise if you are tempted, you are not helpless, you do not have to fall. On the right side, I want to read for you Second Timothy: 3, 1 to10. Okay This was Paul's letter to Timothy, and he told Timothy, "Mark this, Timothy. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of money, lovers of money, and boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents." They will be ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutals, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, probably talking about believers, but denying its power, have nothing to them. They are the kind who will worm their way into homes to gain control over the weak-willed woman who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always yearning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Men of depravity, who as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. That is a description of people who have fallen to temptation. I tell you, in the last days, the picture given to us is this. It's not so good because a lot of people will be on this side. They have fallen. They have, they have, they they bite the bait, and they are on this side. So be vigilant. There is a war going on. Now let me tell you this. uh, This is a, this this verse I think is excellent, alright? I want you to know how this, this, this marketing strategy called temptation works for Satan. James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15 says this. But each person is tempted. I'm, I'm quoting from the verse. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and are enticed. You see, this, this is the gray, the, the gray area. To start with, there is that is an evil desire. La, that, that greed and you, you just wish you were richer. You just you're a bit ambitious, you, you, just, you just want to try this, you, you don't buy the bigger car, the bigger house, there is this evil desire, perfect. The temptation will be tailored now to just target that and to work slowly into your heart. So we will be tempted, and then there will be the A and B, and then there will be the suggestion, and there will be the struggle, and then foothold. James chapter 1, verse 15a Then, after the desire is conceived, how is the desire conceived? We say, okay, just try once. And then it is conceived, and then it gives birth to sin. And you are now in the red zone. You can repent, turn back, stop, get help, just don't do it again, or you will go to stronghold, the black portion, and sin when it has become fully grown. How does sin become fully grown? You see, It worked. It worked for you. Let's do it again. And that temptation will be repeated again and again and again and again and again until you, you do it so often, it becomes a habit. When it becomes habitual, it becomes a stronghold, it becomes a trap. It's a stronghold. And then I tell you, you can score, you can withdraw privileges, you can coerce, and you can counsel too late. <laughs> There is a spiritual dimension to this problem, this stronghold. It cannot, this person cannot get out by warning and counselling anymore. We need divinely powerful weapons. Which is why, actually, uh, I'm talking about conventional warfare, why people who are drug addicts, sexual addicts, pornography addicts, even uh, nicotine addicts, uh, uh, when they Uh, You can can throw them in the halfway house uh, Three times, four times, five times Put them in jail for 20, 30 years, no problem Until they go to a Christian rehab centre Then they wage the warfare, deliverance, cleansing And they really immerse them in the word Renew their mind Then it's broken That is why When it is fought at the spiritual realm All right? not, not to, to inform you about how uh, addicts overcome. Uh, th- this is how you overcome, how you are trapped and how you overcome. Now, temptation uh, is so effective that it is used every day. My friend told me uh, that, do you know that when I read the screw, t- screw tape letters, uh, there is this portion to say that the, the enemy is so well organized, they have a meeting every day and they have an agenda for us every day. And the the scrutiny, like they said, I'm reminded of this, you know, and it's, it's true. Okay, it's true because there is biblical basis for this. In Hebrews four fifteen, for we do not have a high priest incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way. I mean, Jesus, our Lord, the Son of God, tempted in every way. Got it, man. Not just in the wilderness for 40 days. Not just that, three times. I believe it's not just three times. The three times is just a sampling of, of how uh, the, the different ways Jesus was tempted. But 40 days, I believe he was tempted every day. 40 days. And he was tempted in every way. But he did not sin. And in Matthew sixteen twenty three, the devil is so sneaky, you know. At the end, he would even use Peter to tempt use a favourite trusted disciples to send a temptation to hit Jesus. And so Jesus immediately recognises, he turned around to Peter, get behind me Satan, you are a stumbling block to me because you are not setting your mind on God's interest, plan A, but on man's plan B. In the temptation of Jesus, in the 40 days temptation, it was all about plan A and plan B. I will give you the world, I will give you the kingdom, you just worship me. It was, it was just coming, coming and coming at Jesus and every time Jesus you know was so committed, the allegiance, his, his obedience, his commitment to the Lord was his strong defense, and the devil had to leave him. So that's the way that's the way we deal with temptation by allegiance commitment, obedience, right? Now, who are vulnerable? I say all are vulnerable, but there are people who are more vulnerable. And who are the people who are more vulnerable? I think they are the people who are spiritually young, people who are not mature here, not biblically sound and mature. This is what it says, Ephesians 4.14 then we will no longer be babies, spiritual babies. We will not be tossed about like a a ship that the waves carry from one and then another. We will not be influenced by every new teaching to hear from people who are trying to fool us. They make plans and they try any trick to fool people into following the wrong plan. I believe uh, that the devil wants our kids, our youth, everybody who is young in the faith. And and this this group of people needs our special protection and help. Let me tell you how how this guerrilla warfare is fought among the young, those who think they are smart, but they are not spiritually mature. 2 Corinthians 2.11, Paul said that, do not let the devil take advantage of you, that you might not be taken advantage of by the devil, for we are not unaware of his purposes. Now, let let me show you what the Greek word is. The the word advantage is plenacto, and it's a composite word, uh, pleon is the greater part And echo is to have or to hold So literally it means this Satan will want to have the greater proportion The, the greater proportion of what? The greater proportion of everything Greater portion of your energy Greater portion of your time Greater portion of your, for your, of your uh, the family Of your love Of your devotion Of everything Your energies He wants to, to have an advantage Is to have gain To have a gain. So Satan will want to make gains when you are unaware. And to the degree that we are ignorant of how he operates, his plans, his ploys, his schemes, his devices, he will have an advantage. And he wants to take advantage. And and Paul said, don't let that happen. Parents, and I want to speak to the youth, you are young, right? And don't think that you are not vulnerable because I have been in this church long enough and because I'm in the leadership, I, I'm praying for people, and I have grew I grew up with people from the days of Sunday school. I, I know who are this, the guerrilla warfare casualties. They are many, so many that we now are setting up a pastoral care ministry to win back the loss. You know, uh, Okay I, don't, don't look at this verse. First. Let let me tell you what, what this is about now. What this gorilla warfare about is about in the mind. This my my friends uh, my friends my classmates from this church from outside church my colleagues they are telling me that their children are, are different now. <laughs> it's so hard to raise teenagers they say. And uh, there is there are very few families who are spat, meaning that if there are three, three children, one will be cool, straying, uh, and, and sometimes two out of three. And they tell me that their children are smoking. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, th- these are Christian families. They are good families. I, I saw them grow up. So I know that they are from good families, and they are smart kids. Their children are smoking, binging. They have stopped attending church. And when they have gone to another church, they say, that it's so good, the church is so good, so good. And then when I chat with them, they are no longer attending the so good, so good church. And they have stopped reading the Bible. Uh, they, They left the church because they think that all the leaders there are such hypocrites. And then, then, uh, you know, in the Sunday school, I hear of people, very, very young kids in primary school who think that, oh, classes are so boring and they are not paying attention to worship. They don't like worship. They don't like Bible study. They are talking. They are distracted. And then when they go to the youth, they feel that, oh, I don't feel belong. Uh, everything is so boring. And then when they go to become young adults, they come be, be, become very busy and then they drop out of church. So many in every generation and I'm much older than all of you and I tell you, There are casualties, guerrilla warfare casualties, all through the decades. And what is happening? I think that their their minds are filled with worldly arguments. And the, the process is that they have become futile in their thinking. They congratulate themselves that they are so wise. They are more enlightened than their parents. And that is what devil wants to do. Right? Plan A is bridehood. Plan B is to abort this as soon as possible, as many as possible, as regularly as possible. Let's work to derail, to terminate this plan. And so, when when Paul because Paul, Paul is so intimate with God, that he wrote to the Corinthians, and he wrote these words. Listen to the passion of the man who wrote this word. I am jealous over you, Corinthians. I'm jealous over you with the jealousy that comes from God, that God has put in me. I'm jealous. I'm pain. I promise to give you to Christ as your only husband. I want to give you as his pure bride. That's that's plan A. But I'm afraid that your minds are led away from your... True and pure following of Christ, just as Eve was tricked by the snake with his evil ways, Plan B. Do you see that from the days of Adam until now, it is a contest of the mind to get us to to get us to terminate this process to brighthood, and by temptation, which is so effective. Many people are really in plan B and they're living their life in Plan B. So, what is this war about? It's about you not in the process of bridehood. And so, guerrilla warfare, brothers and sisters, is is real. So real that when Paul at the end of his third missionary journey, he He gathered together the elders of Ephesus to meet him because it was going to be his farewell speech. He told them this, Watch out for yourself and for all the flocks of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood of his own son. I know, Paul said, I know that after I'm gone, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among your own group, men will arise. They will teach perversions of the truth to draw disciples away from them to plan B. I know that, and therefore be alert, please elders be alert. Remembering day and night for three years, I did not stop warning you, each one of you with tears, you sense the urgency, the passion, the anguish of this apostle who, who told the elders, you please take this seriously. Please take my warning. I warned you for three years. I can't do this now. Please, carry on now. I'm entrusting this rock to you. Now, if temptation is not so real then why would jesus when he was he crafted the lord's prayer he crafted it this way that we should be praying for daily for our provision and to pray daily for our protection give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts and that we we also forgive our debtors and God lead us not into temptation. Father, deliver us from the evil one. It has to be real. Jesus knows it is daily. Only we don't know. We are not aware, we are not watchful. We're not, but it is daily. And Ephesians 6:18 says this: pray every prayer and petition, pray at all all times. Pray. Pray in small group. Pray together. Pray as a family. Pray with your colleagues. Pray as a church. Pray with in all kinds of meetings in the Spirit. To this end, be alert with perseverance. Request. Make requests for all the saints. Pray. Because prayer is the most significant aspect of the armour of God. Now, there are many, many pieces of the armour. They are all Good, they are all essential. But I tell you, it is prayer is most powerful, most significant, most essential. Because I, I tell you why, the armor is worn on us, and we it it is a protection for us. And even the sword of the spirit, it reaches as far as the hand can reach. But prayer is to use a military uh, metaphor, it is it is artillery, it is aerial bombing. It is it reaches much further into the. Enemy's territory, right? And and it, I can pray for people uh, uh, right now uh, in walking in the streets. Right now they are they are doing their ministry in in Batam in Bintang. I I can pray there here for them there, right? Now I, I want to show you this slide because I do I want to I want to. End the message on the positive note because it's, I know it's just it's so negative, the devil is so powerful, so effective. And I I don't I don't want you to get away with this idea. Okay? We have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I only know how to draw charts. Okay, the dark part is the kingdom of darkness, the yellow one is the glorious Kingdom of light and the blue is the sky, all right. It's it's just part of the the good side, and there is the red line, it's like a boundary line, an international boundary line. Please understand that everything has been won by Christ already, He has taken back already. But why is the blue part bigger than the black part? Because All through the two centuries, because of evangelistic effort, we have been pushing the boundary, taking nation by nation, more and more nations evangelized. We are going to places, and we are going to Muslim countries, we are going to places in the streets, saving the prostitutes, Uh, 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 and and all the evil that's happening, we are saving people, we are on a rescue mission, and we are making inroads. And so I'm pushing this. I, I give you these verses on the left because I want you to know what we have. The position that we stand. First John 3.8, the reason the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the devil's world. Remember this. Whose side we are on, what we have, what is achieved. Colossians 2.1 uh, Paul said that God has disarm the principality, disarm, they don't have weapons. Uh, and, and so they, they can't invade us, right? They can deceive us, but they can't invade us. John 14, 12, Jesus said that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And because, uh, because we have him, greater works than these, we will do, because we have the Holy Spirit. Greater works then this we will do more than what Christ did on earth. Luke 10:19, I give you authority, Jesus said, over all powers of the enemy. Romans 8:37, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8:31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Look, on the dark side, you've got to understand this: even though it's dark, we are not victims, we are victors. It is for the saints to enforce Christ's victory. He cannot invade us but we can start to claim back that which is lost and take back what is conceded. Let me just give an illustration, all right? Now, there was once when my uh, firm was engaged uh, to do a matrimonial case. Uh, a woman, an Indian woman was, uh, uh, actually, she was, she was abused by the husband for many years. And finally, when the children grew up, they supported the mother's decision to uh, to seek a divorce, and we got the divorce for her, and uh, the part of the divorce order was that the so the, the flat would have to be sold, and the assets divided. So, you need the cooperation of the man to do all these uh, legal things. He refused, so we went back to court to get a court order for the registrar of the court to sign all the legal documents for him. That was done. He refused to cooperate. Then, we went down to the flat, and this is, this is the, the work of my lady partner and a lady associate. So this is a man's job. You need a strong man. I went with them <laughs> to the flat, and we knocked on the door, refused to open. We called for the locksmith. The locksmith came, uh, so we unlocked the place, but we still couldn't get in because he latched it on the inside. We called for the police. I said, the police... We are calling you here because we want to smash the door. This is the court order. We are doing this legally and the police say, carry on. We took a hammer and we... And it's, it's, not, it's not easy to do it, but it, it requires the strength of a man. And um, we did it. The door was smashed. We got in. Unlatched the place. He was seated in the, in the hall. seated angry refused to move I said okay that's enough for one day the next day we got the movers to move out his things to the warehouse and after that we went in to strip the house to make it uninhabitable he left this is called enforcing the victory it's ours i'm just taking it back and so the missionaries and everything we are doing, even in Teban Garden, we are just saying, God, Teban Garden is yours. We want to be the light and the sword and we are taking the estate as Living Century is taking our gang for Christ. We are invading. He can't invade us, but He can he can trip us, he can tempt us, he can harass us, so there's a, uh, I cannot take it already, and then we will we will just be ineffective and do nothing and drop out. And He can do that, but that's all. But if you believe all these, and you believe your destiny, you believe that you are in the process of bridehood, stay here on plan A. You have to be committed to this, and the devil is going to send... The strategy, the marketing strategy of temptation to a possible daily, in some ways, trip you. You gotta know what is happening. Now, don't you think that that lawyers do that all the time? Okay, I acted on court authority, and today you and I, we have the mandate from heaven to do this. Okay. I I want to. Uh, I'm a somosar, but let me just tell you what. What happened when I was, when I met my friend uh just recently over? Uh, it was a birthday celebration, and then we had a round of sharing. And as they were just sharing with me how difficult it has been for them with their kids, and their kids are now piercing, here want to ask for permission to have a tattoo. Uh, just want to stay out late, not sharing so much with them now, and so and and the mother is fighting. So they tried everything. They start talking, reasoning, disciplining, scolding, warning, counselling. Didn't work because they have, they, there's a certain way of thinking. They're so influenced already, right? And and uh, it is not just. Behavioral problems of of teenagers is, there's something, and I told I told this friend that there is a possibility that there is now there's a spiritual dimension to this. Can you, can I challenge you and your husband to pray, because they are teenagers, they are under your authority. Can you do that? Then another friend shared that over a very small thing, you know, she was uh, with a husband. The husband wanted her to go to get some moon cakes and because it's very near her office but because she she worked very late that day and she had to meet the mother for dinner and to, to go and get a moon cake that means everybody would have to wait for her so she, she made a decision no, I think I get another day to meet my mother was, when her husband found out he was that the, it, she, she didn't do what she promised to do She was uh, he was angry with her and she was angry with him right do you have to be angry with you? Was such a moon cake, come on I work, okay, I work late. And so there was tension for a few weeks. I said, oh, it's so awkward. I know, I know, but it's just, I just can't get this. He's angry with me, I'm angry with him. And I said, do you, it, it, this this is a bit too long. Do you know that there could be a spiritual element to this? So everybody agreed with me, said, okay, let's let's turn this into the prayer meeting. And that day, in the group of us, huh, we just prayed. I said, Edwin, you know how to pray aggressively. You, you pray, you pray. So I said, you you do what I do at home. I pray, I I bind the Spirit, and I I said, you will let go of this and that. And I started to wish, and I I checked with the the friend who had this tension with the husband, and I said, I hope things are okay. said, all is well. Now, I... You know, we are in Christ, and all He has is ours, which is why uh, in Ephesians... Paul, he, he really ran out of words and he, he just got to get this through to them, you know, that I I just got, I'm praying, I'm praying that your your eyes will be opened, you know, church, the, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened that you will know what is the hope of your glory, your the wealth of your glorious inheritance, the incomparable greatness of his power that is at work in us who believe. And, and this power is, Far above every rule and authority and power and dominion, oh, I pray that your eyes will be open, and I pray for you, church, that your eyes will be open. This is going to be great. If you stick to Plan A, the plan will be glorious, and when you achieve bright, brighthood, there will be the day of unveiling when we are presented to Christ spotless and we will have a part in the great feast of the Lamb. And I want you to uh, stand with me, please, and we will pray. ask the musicians to come forward too. Church, we have to pray. We have to fight this together. Spiritual warfare is something that the church do together. Because some of you are strong in faith and you have to be strong for us. Some people are good in the Word and I, I have to teach and remind you of what the Word of God says. Some people are just good at good with spirit of discernment and, and we need you to help us to, to discern because you're more spiritual sensitive. But we have to do this together, Church of God. And... And I know it's very shameful sometimes to talk about the kind of bondages that you have and I I have openly informed you of some of the struggles I had and I have. Let's pray together. We ask God to help us and we will end with a song. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for revealing to us what the devil is doing through showing us who we are in Christ. Father, we recognise the richness of Christ, our completeness, the completeness of our position in Christ. We believe in the divine provisions available to us against all the assaults of the enemy. Give us the courage to engage and to Defeat the enemy To reclaim And to retake territories. In Jesus' name We pray Jesus' name We pray We pray that you will Rebuild our families uh, You will repair The marriages You will give us back Our friends Who are lost And God I pray that you will Prosper this pastoral A ministry That we have just started Under the, the care of, of Kevin I pray Father That this miss. This ministry will be effective. It will be. We will be empowered on this rescue mission because we are not devoid of power. It is from Jesus that authorities flow. And God, we are going to align ourselves with you. Allegiance, allegiance, obedience. We are on your side and you are on our side. God, we are one with you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. And God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's rise and sing this song.
0: You have won the victor's crown. You have tried You're both sin and, sin and death. You're
1: to Him who is able to keep you from falling and stumbling, to present you before His glorious presence without fault and without, with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, the glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for the service.